Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse sports talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. Watch out. Yeah, talking about way out there. Bayheim! Is that silence in a little bit? Schrader takes. It's a two-man rush. Schrader steps Don't up. Bit. Pop pass up in the middle. Got Tucker's it. got it. Room to run. 15, 10. Hit, oh. hit in. Bradley's touchdown. The Bills make me wanna shout. Allen looks to his left. Fires left side. It go oh, to the end zone. Stephon Diggs makes the catch. Touchdown, Buffalo. Swing into this. It is over. The Boston Red Sox. Baseball's best all season long. They have won it all. This is On the Block. Yeah, I was driving home yesterday, so I heard some of your show. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Brent. Thank you. Thanks, Brent. Two, one. Here's X-Men. ESPN Radio 97.7, 100.1, ESPN Radio, 96.5 FM. By the way, Stephen King, how dare you, sir? How dare you insult the great people of Utica, New York? How dare you, sir? Just say. If you're not familiar with that story, it's very easy to look at. He was just having fun on the Twitter, but come on. Pick something else. Don't, don't, don't say you. Come on. Last time Stephen King put out something good anyway. Buddy. Go scare something else. Anyway, uh, shout out to our friends in the Mohawk Valley. You can also uh, take in the show on the ESPN app wherever you go, but... There's an upgrade, friends. There's a better way. Those are all great things, okay? Shout out to people that just turn on the old radio and say, that's how we're going to do it. But there is a, a combination, if you will, of technologies. The satisfaction of the sound of my voice, but also the satisfaction of seeing this show as it happens at QSportsTalk.com, where you can, as mentioned, watch the show. You can chat throughout the show. Getting your takes on the radio airwaves is a beautiful thing. That's something you go home and tell mom most of my uh, audience still lives with mom or you know you, you tell whoever you want to tell you text somebody you know maybe you sit down and write a letter it's that exciting that you got on the radio that's pretty cool that's still that still puts a jolt in my veins at 437-7644 on twitter brent x media if you want to reach us that way but see at the qsportstalk.com chat you can just keep talking keep giving your takes react to what we're saying Ask questions, share recipes. I need a good half-moon cookie recipe while we're on the subject. Tried it last night, did not go well. Try it again at some point, but uh, that's a whole different topic for a different day. But we literally do that in the QSportsTalk.com chat. Shout out to Kev and Bowling Ball and some of the people that drop in. They're like, okay, here's what I'm making tonight. Here's the recipe. I mean, this is what happens. You build a community at QSportsTalk.com. So if you want to come by there. We shall be there, and as you know, QSportsTalk.com, but if you don't, when the radio audience goes to commercial break, you do not because we keep the mic on, keep the camera on, we keep talking to you. That's mostly when the recipes get shared in times like that. 
We got a jam-packed Wednesday edition getting over the hump show for you today, right here in this hour. Sal Capaccio. Sal Capaccio. Sal Capaccio. The Bills make me want to Talking some Buffalo Bills football. It's out today, friends. Miami Dolphins will not be vague about this. Tua Tungavailoa. Out. Mighty Skyler Thompson will start for the Dolphins. We'll talk to Sal Capaccio about that. More tremendous news on the DeMar Hamlin front today. Uh, What it's like uh, covering the Bills these past two weeks. Whatever else Sal wants to talk about. He's a Hall of Fame guest on this show. Sal Capaccio right here this hour. I mean, we let it go this long, so we got to go. Looking forward to that. Looking forward to Mike McAllister joining us an hour from now. Uh, Usual musings with Michael about recruiting, about the current state of affairs, about the transfer portal being busy. Another uh, notable Syracuse player into the portal. Wide receiver Damian Alford becomes the fourth receiver in three of the top five receivers are gone from this roster. Now, the most important one, no offense to those other gentlemen, but the most important one still locked, loaded, and there. In a Ronde Gatson. What's up with that? And now here's what I'll, here's another, let me add a little intrigue into the mix here. So our um, our prominent scrap dealer booster posted something very interesting on his Instagram story that we will ask Michael about if he's got any intel on. So ooh, intrigue on that one. So Mike McAllister later on, the blind side awaits. In hot take, speaking of college basketball, uh, has anybody seen the blue bloods? as we will discuss, and one of the best free throws matter moments ever happened last night. If you didn't see it, we will discuss. Here's how we're going to lead off the show today. I didn't think we could do this for basketball. I don't remember doing this for basketball. Maybe I did and I just forgot, but the more we do this and the more Uncle Brent you know, kind of preps for pregame, I'll be around tonight for pregame for Syracuse Virginia Tech right after this show, so three hours of me today. Ha, ha, ha. You can't handle the truth. We can do the keys to victory. We can break this down for basketball. We can do this, guys. We can do this. I felt good about this the past few days because it doesn't always fit like it does for football. But the more I sit down and look at it and separate some things, out, I'm like, no, 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 no. We can do this. And the more staples that Uncle Brent could put into the show, the less work for me. So that's a good thing. Just kidding on that. We certainly put some work into it, but I didn't think it would work for basketball. I doubted myself, and I shouldn't have, because I feel like this works. I feel like it's a good thing to start off a game day with. So what do you say we wake up the voice guy? We know he's ready. Number one. Boom, shakalaka. And we're going to give you, we're going to go four keys to victory tonight. Number one is start strong. Now, that's obvious because this is a team that has not started strong. Donna DeToda laid it out very well in a story she wrote on Syracuse.com. We gave you the numbers. We looked at that. But, see, this is a two-part equation. It's not just them. It's you. Not only does this team have to start strong and kind of break that trend and come out sharp at home on a Wednesday night, you need to start the game strong. You need to be a proactive not a reactive crowd tonight. 
Students aren't quite back in town yet. It's a Wednesday night. Thankfully, it's a 7 o'clock tip, not one of these weird 8 or 9.30 tips or some of these wacky times that games have started at this year. I feel like this is a game the crowd has to be into and kind of show Virginia Tech what they're walking into tonight. Now, it's not going to be you know a huge crowd by any stretch of the imagination, but sometimes it's those best blue-collar Wednesday night crowds. I don't think any... Members of the Buffalo Bills are going to be sitting courtside tonight at this one, although Adam is certainly, uh, he'd like to. He could surprise me on that. I don't think you'll get him this week. They're getting ready for a playoff game, but always nice to get a surprise in the celebrity courtside Spike Lee, Adam Weitzman seats. But you need to start strong, too. I want to see the crowd into this. I want this game to feel big. Do not be fooled by Virginia Tech's record. If you've been watching and you know they have lost games, yes, they come into tonight having lost four in a row, but I, I don't even want to mention that. I mean, it's that's one of those, okay, for the record, they've lost four in a row, but this is a good team because in those they didn't lose any of those four games by more than five points. They could just as easily have 13 or 14 wins coming in tonight, and they don't have it. You're, you know, Bill Parcells, your record is what it says it is. But this is a solid Virginia Tech team that, as we mentioned here, in the keys to victory is going to get a little boost tonight. So I think this team needs a little boost from you. I think the crowd has to start strong tonight. Number two. The Benny bounce back. Benny Williams was not a factor the other night in Syracuse's loss to Virginia, nor did I think he would be if he played based on how that game went. But I got a weird feeling that he is going to count tonight. Now, here's Jerry McNamara earlier today on ESPN Syracuse. I don't know if we'll even see Benny play. I do, yeah. He practiced yesterday, had a pretty productive practice, actually, and uh, really the last two days. So um, fully anticipate Benny being ready to go. It was, I think, battling a little bit of a stomach bug and um, – he had been battling it a few days leading into the Virginia game. So it uh, seems to be back on the mend, uh, you know, fighting the dehydration aspect of those those type of illnesses. But, um, yeah, I, I would expect him to be ready to go tonight. Something tells me he's going to matter tonight. Something tells me this team's going to need him tonight. Virginia Tech is just that type of team, you know, some particular players that will discuss the style of play that they have how you value possessions against a team like Virginia Tech. And I think he's just due for one of those games. As the 16-11 and 11 against Boston College kind of lays out after that didn't even play against Virginia, as heard Jerry McNamara note there, due to illness. I feel like he's going to matter tonight because you just can't count on that position. I'm not thinking this is the bell breakout and he has four or five rebounds tonight, though he's uh, certainly uh, welcome to surprise me in that category. This could be the night Jesse Edwards bounces back, and they feed Jesse, and, and Virginia Tech can't keep up with him, can't get him off his spots, can't get him into foul trouble. He's an all-ACC center for a reason. That is certainly welcome as well. But there's just going to be nights where you don't get 18 and 19 from your backcourt like you did in Virginia, and just you need someone to step up. And I feel like this would be, it's not the Michael Jordan flu game situation, but to bounce back from being out and give this team what it needs right now, someone at the forward position that's grabbing rebounds. Virginia Tech is one of those teams where you value possessions. You really have to value possessions. We'll give you some numbers to back that up here. And I feel like Benny Williams can make a difference in that. Number three. By the way, did you sense the hesitation in that? I couldn't even read my own handwriting. That's that's why I was like, the Benny 
insane. What is that? Not only that, uh, I don't have my glasses on. Uncle Brent's got to wear glasses when he reads now. That's that's a bad job out of me, not having my glasses right there. Anyway, let's see if I can read number three. Uh, let's see. Yes, I know what this says. Subtract the additions. Hunter Couture has been out the last three games for Virginia Tech. Hunter Couture, as we have seen, is a great three-point shooter and a player on the court that you'd rather not have out there for Virginia Tech, but by all accounts, he will be back tonight. So that is somebody you cannot let shoot right away, cannot get open right away, and like we said with you know countering the slow starts that this team has, you got to be all over that dude. But there's another intriguing addition tonight for Virginia Tech that could qualify as one of those guys that comes out of nowhere and has a great game against Syracuse. So, Couture, you know. Rodney Rice is a name maybe you're familiar with, maybe you've come across, but we haven't seen because he hasn't played. As Mike Waters writes here in his terrific game preview, Virginia Tech could also get a boost from Rodney Rice as the 6'4 freshman is expected to make his season debut. Rice was a top 100 prospect in the 2022 recruiting class out of DeMantha High School in Maryland. He was an all-Mets selection last year and averaged 18.5 points over his three years at DeMatha. Now, Virginia Tech's got Sean Padula. They have Hunter Couture. They have a player we're going to get into here shortly. I mean, they've got names you've heard and you know. And Virginia Tech, folks, has the second longest streak of consecutive NCAA tournaments. Just year in and year out, they've been there. Not Duke, not Carolina. I mean, Virginia Tech has been as consistent as it gets here. And to add a little spice in there, it's almost like you sign a free agent or get a transfer in the portal now. That's intriguing. Now, he could go out there and fall on his face as a player that's out there for the first time, but that's just that little extra added X factor here. And Virginia Tech is a team that does not go deep on its bench. They play eight guys, and that is it. But when you get a Rodney Rice available, they haven't seen film of him. They don't know how to guard him. Like Couture comes back, you heard uh, Jerry McNamara. Earlier today, say it. Let's play the clip. We are fully aware of what this team is capable of. This is the d- defending ACC tournament champion. Um, that's how capable they are. Um, you have to factor in that three of their last four, they played without Hunter Couture, who's kind of the glue piece to what they do, can handle it. He's probably their best perimeter defender. We all know how well he shoots it from the perimeter. He was the MVP of that tournament. So when you play three games, lose by single, you know, a single possession without arguably your best player, um, they're still really competitive. But I anticipate, you know, I, I, I don't know because he hasn't played the last three games, but I anticipate uh, Couture probably being back for us and uh, at full strength. And when they're at full strength, they're as good as anybody in the league. So you know him, but do you know Rodney Rice? You know the name, you know the ranking, right? But that's just a little added extra bonus here. So you got to subtract the additions. Take away the guys that Virginia Tech gets back that have not been around. Now, I know I said four keys to victory, but I got a bonus one. Number five. Steal a phrase from our friend Jordan, uh, great value. Great value is huge. Wait, no, that was number four. I skipped over five. Man, I just, what is going on here? I can't read. I'm skipping over numbers. So backtrack voice, man. Number four. I didn't even do number four. Get in the mutts. Justin Mutz is a player that's just been a Syracuse killer as of late. 12 points, 14 boards, 11 assists 
in a win over Syracuse last year, the second triple-double in Virginia Tech history. Yeah, he's playing pretty well this year. 6'7", senior. He's their third-leading scorer, 13 points per game. But see, here's why I think Benny Williams could matter. Leads the team in rebounding and steals. Scrappy guy, goes after the ball. He's second on Virginia Tech in blocks and has dished out 53 assists. That's an all-hands-on-deck situation with this guy. You cannot let him roam free. I gave you the numbers he had against Syracuse last year, and he's just one of those players. They tore his back. He got Rice to deal with. This guy, like, this is why Benny Williams is going to matter tonight. This is why everybody's going to matter, but this is why you need the added contributions that you have not been getting from your forward position because a guy like Mutz is just going to get those numbers, and he's tough to deal with in the paint, and he's going to help guard Jesse Edwards, and it's just going to be a whole thing. Okay, now we can go to the bonus, number five. Number five. And that is great value, and that kind of relates to what I was just saying with Couture but, and Mutz and those players. But here's a very intriguing aspect of this Virginia Tech team that I think Syracuse is going to struggle with. Virginia Tech is one of the best teams in the country in terms of taking care of the ball. They're ninth nationally with turnovers on less than 15% of their possessions. Top ten in the country in that department. Defensively, Virginia Tech forces teams into lengthy possessions. How about this? Ranking 334th in average possession length. Syracuse has really cashed in on points off turnovers this year. You're not going to do that, at least statistically, against Virginia Tech. You can't count on that. If you get it, great, but it's not something you can come in thinking like, we got this and they value possessions. It's yet another test for a young point guard. Now, Judah Mintz and Joe Girard got taken out in the first half by Virginia and bounced back in the second half. Why? As Joe told us himself on this show yesterday, presented by RomanoCars.com, they moved the ball. You've got to move the ball when you're facing a team that is going to hold you down and That shot clock is ticking and pressure is there and you can't give away possessions. This whole, you know, top of the key, come off the screen offense that Syracuse runs is going to be tested tonight. They have to move the ball. Value the shot, just like they did against Virginia in the second half. Didn't work so well in the first half, but they came back, got it within nine points, but see the slow starts, kicked in again to start the second half of that game, and they just dug themselves too big of a hole to get out of. Virginia Tech is a quad two game. It's not a quad one game, but both of those tanks are missing. Syracuse is, they open the cupboard and is bare on both of those. This would be a solid win at home tonight that I think they can do, that I think playing Virginia before this puts you in the mindset to play a team like this and it's something they've got to take advantage of. So we said four, we gave you five, even though we skipped over four the first time around. Start strong, the Benny bounce back, subtract the additions, get in the mutts, and great value. You do those five things tonight, or even three out of five, you can beat Virginia Tech and get a much-needed quality win. Do not be fooled by Virginia Tech's record on their losing streak. This is a really good team that Syracuse is going to face tonight. 437-7644. Brent Media on Twitter. 
Hit us on the QSportsTalk.com chat as well throughout the show. Sal Capaccio coming up in a few minutes. Mike McAllister, top of the hour. And so much more as we press forward on this Wednesday edition on the block ESPN Radio. Rather than hoping someone leaves a different program after spring ball that you can then fill in that hole with. Mike, switching over to basketball recruiting, a couple players I want to ask you about. Let's start here. Syracuse has made the top five for 2024 shooting guard prospect Elijah Moore, and he's targeting a decision potentially by the end of this month. Uh, how do you feel Syracuse fits in there? And tell us about more of the player. Well, more of the player, I'll start there, is one of the better shooters in the class. He is, you know, sort of a 6'3", 6'4", guard, probably more of a 2 than a 1, um, and, you know, I think has the potential to get up to 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, and someone that could play the 3, um, you know, if, if needed. But, again, one of the better shooters, one of the better scorers in the class, and uh, someone who's from New York City, so he's an in-state prospect. That's why I think he's, he's a big deal for Syracuse. They, they recruited him really, really hard for a number of years. Um, they've been on him. He's taken an official visit. And where his recruitment stands is he's got that top five. He's officially visited Syracuse, as I mentioned. He's also officially visited Oklahoma State. And he wants to take an official visit to Alabama sometime this month and is looking to decide by the end of the month. So, you know, Syracuse has recruited him extremely hard, as I mentioned. They have a good relationship with him. But you always worry if there's an SEC school that gets the last visit, if that's going to be the school that he ends up picking. So I definitely think if you're Syracuse, you're worried about the fact that he's going to be visiting Alabama before um, he makes his decision. And let's face it, Alabama right now is a better program than Syracuse. And just look at where they are in the rankings and where they have been the last couple of years. And that's pretty obvious. But, um, you know, Syracuse certainly has history on their side. They've got location on their side. And they, they've done a really good job with developing players um, at his position of his skill set. So I think they've got uh, certainly have a lot of things going for themselves as well. But uh, what, what ends up happening on that Alabama visit, I think, will end up uh, telling the tale when he comes back and compares it to what he saw at Syracuse. Five-star uh, Boogie Flan, class of 2024. Looks like this offer just came through within the past couple of days. Tell me about him. Yeah. Yeah, he's one of the best players in the class. He's top 10, top 15, depending on what recruiting service you look at. Uh, combo guard type, can play a little 3-2. He's just unbelievably talented, incredible scorer, superb athlete, just everything that you would want in a high school prospect, essentially. Syracuse offered, and uh, you know, I think the big key there is obviously to get him on campus. But it also begs the question, you know, he's an in-state prospect, and he's a, one of the top 10 to 15 players in the class, what took so long to offer? I, I, I don't know the answer to that question. Perhaps they wanted to see some certain things with his development and how he'd fit with what they do. But um, either way, they got to get him on campus, get him up for an official visit, and um, you know try to try to wow him because he's certainly going to have his options when all is said and done. Mike, looking at this team in the here and now, uh, starting with tonight, I actually, actually kind of started with Virginia and they couldn't pick up that win, but. This team's got to fill in the the blanks here. They do not have a quad yep. one or quad two win. It's another opportunity here. They've been close, but no cigar in a lot of situations here. And it just it just feels like, as Yogi Berra once said, it's getting late early, even though it's in middle of January for this team. Yeah, there, there's no question. I mean, they've lost multiple opportunities to get quad one wins. They lost it at Illinois earlier in the season. They they lost. Uh, this one at Virginia, I think this one at Virginia is, is uh, a little bit more frustrating because of how well they played to come back from that deficit. Makes you think that if they had played a little bit better early, that perhaps that goes a different way, or at least it's a game 
you know, in the final possession where he got a chance to make a play to win, similar to what they did at Notre Dame. But, you know, you've got more opportunities for that coming up. You've got Virginia Tech at home. You've got Notre Dame, a team you've already beaten at home. You can't lose those type of games. You have to win them and, and try to move up your net ranking. And then at Miami, I know Miami is really good and They've been one of the best stories in the ACC this year, but I don't look at them and look at Syracuse and see this massive talent gap where if Syracuse were to go into Miami and win the game, that that should be a massive shock. So I think that's one where you perhaps match up a little bit better than what you did against Virginia, and that's a game that you should look at as as an opportunity to get a quad one win. And then at Georgia Tech, you can't lose that game if you're looking at trying to make a run at the NCAA tournament. North Carolina, Virginia Tech again and then Virginia at home. So they, they're going to have opportunities, but I don't think this is about just winning one of those games. I think they probably got to win two, maybe even three, to get themselves back into that conversation because of some of the losses that they had earlier this season. And, Mike, we'll close with a little intrigue here. Adam Weitzman on his uh, Instagram story today posted the following, and I quote, very, very close to signing an NIL deal with one of the best basketball recruits in the nation. If anyone in the 315 is a really tall young kid, come up to them and ask you if the weather in Syracuse is as bad as people say, please just answer you don't know what he's talking about and move on. Prayer emoji, heart emoji. So uh, we'd be speculating here, Michael, but uh, intriguing post there from Syracuse's uh, Super Booster. Yeah, I mean, I think that means that perhaps he is actually going to deliver on that promise of signing five-star basketball and five-star football player every single recruiting cycle. Um, and if that's the case, I think that's a big news for Syracuse, not only for what it's going to do um, in you know the 2024 class, but beyond in both sports. Because let's face it, part of the reason that you lose players to the portal, in addition to losing recruits, is because you can't pay them to the same level to, that other schools do. And that goes right back to NIL. Whatever the rules are supposed to be, it's not pay for play and all that stuff. We know that reality is that's exactly what it has become. And the NCAA has no interest in governing that and enforcing any of the rules that are in place. So it's basically the wild, wild west where anyone can do whatever they want. And if Syracuse doesn't get involved with that, that's going to hurt both programs. They're going to be left in the dust in a lot of ways, and it makes things much more challenging. So Syracuse has to do that not only with the top-tier recruits, but I think they've got to figure out a way to pay the players on their roster, specifically on the football side, um, so, so that they're not each offseason trying to look and see what their options are. They feel pretty good about where they are, especially you know guys that have been multi-year starters for you. As we like to say in the radio business, stay tuned. Michael, appreciate the insight. The time, as always, we'll do it again soon. But thank you, sir. Thanks, Brian. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. It's a little late for that. Come on, January 11th. That's a little late for Happy New Year. But he's McAllister. We'll let it go. We'll let that one slide. We'll break. We'll come back. Uh, Syracuse-Virginia Tech playing a basketball game tonight. We'll get more into that. Uh, Mike and I touched on it briefly, but a little bit more on Damian Alford hitting the portal and what that means, the blind side awaits. we got more show for you. Pre-game coming up, top of the hour, and we'll hone in on Syracuse and Virginia Tech, but more to come after this.